Jake, you there? Hey, yeah, what's going on? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? You know what? I'm living the dream. <laughs> living, <laughs> living, living the nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Oh, how, uh, so you're on the East Coast? I am. Yeah, I'm here in New York. Where are you based? You are in New York. I am in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, awesome. Very cool. So that's that's always something that I find interesting uh, in talking to people because uh, I've talked to people all over the world, uh, Ireland, UK, Australia, um, I, I, everywhere, and it's it's always interesting to me to see how the region in which we all live affects us during this TSW journey. So, um, how how is that? How's the weather there? How does that affect you in the in New York? Because I've visited New York years ago, but that was prior to all this, and I'm not sure what the weather's like there. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Uh, so I started TSW in February. So oh, wow. yeah, so like right at the end of winter, I guess towards the beginning of spring. So right now it's basically getting super hot. It's around 90 right now. So pretty warm. Um, the weather doesn't seem to be affecting me that much. Maybe just because I've been inside for the past five months, basically. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, mostly it's just, you know, when you do go outside, covering up from head to toe in 90 degree weather is super unpleasant. But other than it's that, yeah. It's it's super unpleasant, and the and the problem for me is the sweating, the the temperature regulation that we go through. Yeah, is so bad that you can go from being freezing cold to sweating your ass off in thirty seconds. And it's the same way here in Kansas City right now. I mean, it's ninety degrees, and relative humidity is like seventy five percent, eighty. So right. it's just super hot, super sticky. The minute you walk outside, any normal person starts sweating. And then, you know, I go outside and, I, and all of a sudden I break out in hives every time. Right. My stomach and my yeah. chest start to get all itchy and it's super uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. So February, man, that's a short journey right now. Um, yeah. You're, you're kind of going through the thick of it, huh? Yeah, I mean... I feel like my journey with all of this has been different than most, you know, especially like in the Facebook group and, uh, you know, on Reddit, most people that go through this, right. It's from years and years of steroid use. Right. So I, re I'm really trying to get out the message that it doesn't have to occur from long-term use. This all happened to me extremely quickly. Um, I, so I guess I have also COVID to thank because I think without the pandemic, I would have never experienced this either. So it's sort of just like a perfect storm. But basically how this all happened with me was um, last July, um, you know, because of the pandemic, right, all the gyms were shut. So I was just working out at home and I had ordered this pair of like workout gloves from Walmart. And I guess it was like a low quality material and it was like leather and Velcro and whatever. I was just sweating and there was sweat being trapped in it. And I developed a sweat rash. Right. Or just some kind of a rash. 
And, you know, my first thought was, okay, well, I'm going to go see a, a doctor. So I went to see it. I didn't even see them. It was virtual because it was during the thick of the pandemic. So right, it was a virtual right. appointment. She looked at it for five seconds and she said, okay, well, it's eczema, even though I have oh, had yeah. eczema in the past as a child, only in the winter, it was super mild. Um, you know, I, I used topical steroids in the past, like t- 10 plus years ago, just a handful of times. I had never had any issues with them. But so I always had it in the winter and it was never a big deal. So here, the fact that she was telling me that this was eczema, but in the thick of the summer, something was just not adding up for me. But she was like, okay, I'm going to give you this, put it on for two weeks and then you should be good. And I'm like, okay, great. So she gave, so it was triamcinolone. Yeah. So I was putting it on for two weeks and then it basically just suppressed it. And then as soon as I stopped it, it came back a little bit worse. Uh, And then, so in September, I saw another doctor who, same exact thing. It was also a virtual appointment. He looked down it for five seconds. He said, okay, I'm going to give you a stronger steroid. I'm going to give you something called clobetazole. Clobetazole. Yep, exactly. Now, what he said was, I'm going to give you a stronger steroid. What he did not say was, I'm going to give you the strongest strongest, possible steroid. That he did not tell me. Yeah, we went went right past bethamidazone to clobetazole, the strongest you can get. Yeah. And right, so right at the start, right, even with the first doctor, it wasn't like try hydrocortisone. It was immediately right. triamcinolone, right. which is also yep. pretty potent. Yep. So, and you know, it's not like I was putting it on eczema, which is an inflammatory thing. I was putting it on healthy skin. Right. It was just a sweat rash or something, but you know, she was telling me it was eczema. So I'm like, okay, I guess it's eczema, you know? So that's why I became dependent on it so fast because- <sighs> I was suppressing it, but there was nothing to suppress. Yeah. So I was just putting synthetic cortisol on my body just for no reason. So, and and you weren't, you weren't, you weren't treating symptoms. You were just suppressing the the issue. It's exactly. You weren't even trying to figure out what the, what the cause was. Exactly. And so with the clobetazole, the same exact thing happened. So that didn't trigger the withdrawal either. I think what happened maybe is I was actually going through the withdrawal, but it was just on my hands. So I wasn't even sure that it was that. Because at this point, I just still was very confused. You know, this is still isolated to my hands at this point in September. And then after the clobetazole, kind of the same thing happened. It came back a little bit worse on my arms a little bit at this point. So I was like, okay, something's not right. So in January, I went to see a dermatologist who, it was just the worst, the worst experience I have ever had with a doctor. I mean, I've had so many bad experiences with doctors in such a short time that I'm completely disillusioned with the whole thing, but I've never had somebody gaslight me and- right. And lie to my face so blatantly. You know, I started recording all of my appointments because I I knew that something was wrong. I knew that something was up. And what they were telling me was not adding up. So I told her in the beginning, listen, I don't want to use a steroid. Something is not right here. This is not a solution. So I basically, she was like, well, we could do a biopsy. We could do a bacterial culture. 
I was basically begging her to do some kind of a testing. You know, pat, I did patch testing. Yeah. Um, and everything was basically inconclusive. Yep. The only thing I found from the biopsy was it came back as spongiotic dermatitis. Yep. Which I'm going to come back to that in a second. Okay. Because that means nothing. That yeah. spongiotic dermatitis is a very general term, which is <laughs> basically means nothing. So, yeah. she, so she didn't know what to do with me. So she was like, listen, I don't know what to do with you. I'm going to refer you to a rash specialist. So she referred me to a rash specialist. I don't know how this guy is a specialist of anything because he also did not know what to do. He basically gave me two options. Can you guess what those two options are? Steroids? Yeah. Uh, immunosuppressants. Exactly. Well, Dupixin. But yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So, so, he, so at this point, we still don't know. And I told him, we don't know if this is actually eczema. So right. why would you be giving me Dupixin, which is for atopic dermatitis, if we don't actually know that this is atopic dermatitis? And he said, well, it looks like it's eczema. So we're going to treat it as if it's eczema, which I think is kind of stupid, but you know, I guess he has his protocol, but he basically made me feel that those were my only two options. So me feeling like I had nothing else to do was like, okay, I guess I'll try a steroid again. So he gave me desoxymetazone. Oh shit. Right. So, (laughs) and he said, again, for two weeks, you know, put it on. And then, and he also gave me an antibiotic at the same time because he, you know, we did a culture and it came back as a staph infection. Yeah. So, yep. so I was on desoxymetazone and Keflex at the same exact yep. time yep. for two weeks. And as soon as I, so this was end of, um, end of January. And as soon as I came off the desoxymetazone, like a week later, full-blown TSW. Wow. So, yeah. And I'm just trying to think where... You know, it's been so much. I, I feel like the brain re- represses things because it's so painful. Oh, um, absolutely. It was Jake, just, how, how yeah. old are you? I just turned 24 in March. So, okay. Okay. yeah, so you're, so you're, pretty you're, quite, young. you're, you're pretty young. Um, and in your steroid use, you're saying was from July to January. So I used it for, I used the triamcinolone two weeks in July. I used the clobetazole two weeks in September. And then the desoxymetazone for two weeks in January. And that's Holy it. Holy shit. Oh, so, so that's, that's why, you know, it makes me so angry when every time I try to talk about TSW with somebody and they're like, well, yeah, you're, it's, it's because you abused it or you misused it or you used it for too right. long. Right. I did right. not. I used right. it exactly as doctors prescribed. I used it yeah. for a very short amount of time. The yeah. problem is that these drugs, these powerful systemic drugs are being given out like they're nothing, like they're candy. Yeah. And yeah. they're given in these huge tubes, these enormous tubes. And they're, you know, the only thing you're told is don't use too much because it's going to make your skin a little bit thinner. That's right. it. Yeah. That's all you're told. Yep. You know, you're not given the full picture of HPA axis suppression, immune system suppression, you know, yep. all these things that you're just left in the dark. So there's a lot of victim blaming that goes on with TSW when it's, it's, I just think it's irresponsible on the behalf of these doctors. And it's really opened my eyes to the shortcomings of 
Western medicine, if I can be honest. Well, and for me, the, the anger comes in, in, in the realization that big pharma has such a stronghold on doctors and the way that they treat people. It's, yeah. It's such it's such a big machine that it's, it's going to be yeah. hard to shut it down because at this point they're not even trying. It seems like, and don't get me wrong, we've gained traction. TSW is definitely becoming more recognized, and we're getting the word out, and it's becoming something that people are talking about. But even still, it's going to take so long for a change to happen when it comes to the way that they prescribe these drugs because they are such big money makers and they don't, they don't have to go do any more research. They don't have to look further into the, the, into our systems and, and try to figure out what's the root cause of these issues. They're just saying it's a rash. We have a cream that will put the rash away. Right. And you'll be better. And, I have to really, really be thankful for Reddit because I accidentally stumbled across TSW on Reddit. You know, really? yeah, there's a, you know, there's an eczema sort of like forum on there. And this was at a point where I was, it was just so bad. I want to say maybe February, like middle of February, late February when it was just full body, basically from my ears and my neck down to my thighs, yeah. red and, and unbearable. And I was basically just begging for help, you know, from strangers on the internet because, right, right. because doctors had failed me so horribly and they had, had abused me so much. And, uh, you know, people kept saying, hey, this looks like topical steroid withdrawal. This looks like topical steroid withdrawal. And something just kind of clicked for me because because even during the beginning, when I went to the dermatologist, I, I said, I don't want to use steroids. Like something is not adding up here. So I have to thank Reddit because I was very close to being a victim of this big pharma machine. And by, but what I mean by that is I was in such a bad state. I was really close to being like, okay, I'm going to go on Dupixent. And that's just going to solve everything. So I would just, I was inches away from being put on a lifetime of immunosuppressants for no reason. Yeah. You know, just a cycle of these drugs to cure the effects of the first drugs. Yeah. And that's, I think, a huge problem. And it's a very prevalent problem that most people get caught up in this machine and they don't even realize it. Yeah. And then you try to talk to you know, talk to them about it. And you kind of, you know, you're painted as like a lunatic or a conspiracy theorist, but this is real. I've gone through it. I had a rheumatologist tell me that he wanted to put me on Humira as an experiment. This is what he told me in February. He said, I want to experiment with you on this. And I'm like, no, I'm not a lab rat. You know, you're not going to, it's just the way that they talk to you is just insane. And, and it just, it breaks my heart, you know, right? Like we're both in this TSW group. It breaks my heart seeing children go through this, seeing yeah. babies go through this. You know, look, I don't want to have kids for a, for a multitude of reasons, but one of them is because I don't want to bring kids into this twisted world because I just see what is done to children. And it just, it just, you know, 
it makes me very emotional because it's not right. It's not right. And it's, this is just completely driven by, by greed. And yeah, anyway, I know I'm getting a little <laughs> rambly here. But no, you're fine, man. It's a very passionate sort of a topic. It, it is. And it's, it's, it's a very sore subject for me, especially in, in, in that sense, because I've got an eight year old and a four year old, both with eczema. Right. Yeah. And my daughter, I cured her eczema with probiotics. Uh, I've yep. said that in many of the podcasts and I'm working on that with my son right now. But um, I, I, I had to fight dermatologists with my daughter Mm-hmm. They threatened. They threatened to turn me into child services. Yeah, I've heard about that for neglect. It's, yeah, that's awful. And I'm like, first off, no, I'm not neglecting anything. I'm treating my daughter by your protocol. I do bleach baths. I do Aquaphor. I do all of the things that you're asking me to do. The one thing that I'm not going to do is put that fucking poison on my four year old daughter anymore. Yeah, that's the yep. one thing that I will not do. And if you're going to turn me, in, it, go ahead. Do what you're gonna do, but it's I'm not touching my kid with those drugs anymore. Yeah, because and, and this I respect is what, that this so is much. What That's they've done to me. Yeah. It took me showing dermatologists photos of me, yeah, and going through the process of what it done to me, the avascular necrosis, the the hip replacement, all of the infections, the fact that my immune system is wrecked, my adrenal system's gone, my lymph nodes are swollen from my feet to my to my neck i mean you can feel every single one of my lymph nodes and my rheumatologist has no idea what to do because my labs all come back normal within range the only thing that's that's out of range anymore is my ig4 level and he can't figure that out and so i'm with you man i mean but i i unfortunately how long are you in how long are you in tsw this is five five years now Um, holy shit wow um yeah. And, but I'm, I'm a pretty extreme case. And I, and again, I talked to Nina, we, you know, Nina and I touched on, on this, uh, on our podcast the other day. I, I don't want to make anybody else's, I don't want to trivialize this for anybody or, or lessen anybody else's pain or anything like that, because TSW is rough for everybody. I mean, this shit, it sucks, right. but I've seen some, I've seen some really extreme cases and I happen to be one that went through some pretty extreme shit because of the, the number of years that this has been done to me. I mean, this yeah. has been happening to me since I was three years old. Yeah. Um, they've been dumping. My mom used to get these huge tubs of cortisone cream. Wow. I mean, and I, I'm, t- I'm talking about the Aquaphor style tubs of, of, of yeah. cortisone cream monthly. And they would just bathe me in it. When I was, when I was three years from three years on, my eczema was so bad that they just, that that was the answer back then in the 80s and the 90s it was just right system, it was <clears throat> systemic steroids they would give me prednisone and i'd be on prednisone packs so i was constantly bloated as a kid always really fat for about three or four months and then i'd go back to this real thin skinny kid that was just sickly wow. looking because my immune system was so shot and they didn't know that they were doing it to me my parents had no idea that they were killing me course and then as a teenager it kind of lessened so i i you know the usage of the steroids lessened but then in high school it got bad again and my doctor started prescribing it and i started wet wrapping myself and 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 putting the steroids on and then wrapping myself for hours and hours and hours and 
I didn't know that this stuff was getting into my blood and getting into my system the way that it, that it was. And, and uh, yeah. it's not supposed to put it on healthy skin and that, that you're only supposed to use it for two weeks. Cause back then doctors weren't even saying that they were right. just like, here you go, right. put it on this, you know, yeah. put it a little bit around here, da, 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 da. put it on your eyelids, put it on your face. It's fine. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, and I went to allergists. I went to rheumatologists. I've seen dermatologists. I've seen everybody and they've all tried. It's like, let's, okay, let's try this. Oh, that didn't work. Well, let's try this. Right. It's, and it's, <laughs> it's the saddest exactly. thing in the world that I actually went along with it. I, I've been on chemotherapy drugs for two years. I was on cyclosporin for a year. I was on methotrexate for a year. I was on do Pixit for uh, nine months. Yeah. Um, they just had me on Zolaire. They were like, well, let's try Zolaire. It's an asthma medication, but it might help your eczema. So I did that for seven months. Um, at what, point, just, at what just, point did you say enough is enough? I just recently pulled the trigger on that. Uh, I stopped taking Zolaire three months ago um, just because I hit my absolute rock bottom. The, I, I hit my lowest point in this journey about three months ago mm. uh, to the point to where I was, I was talking about, I was, I was literally telling my mom, I was, I was begging and pleading with her to understand that I was being serious when I said that. Yeah. It was at that point. I didn't yeah. know that I, I, I didn't know what I was capable of at that point. I was, yeah. I was, it's such a dark place. Yeah. Um, because you just, sometimes you just can't see the light. It's, um, it's, it, it, this, this wrecks you so bad emotionally and mentally and physically. And physically all time. Yeah. It takes so much yeah. from you. And then the anger that you build up and the stress that builds up it, it's so hard to, to explain it in, in rational terms to where people don't think that you're f just out of your gourd crazy. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I hit that low point and I, I just finally said, I called my allergist and I said, you know what? I'm so tired of being stuck with fucking needles that yeah. I'm done. Um, and thank God for Nina, uh, because she is the one that kind of got me in tune with this traditional Chinese medicine doctor, Olivia Friedman out of Illinois. Um, really helped Nina a lot in her journey, cleared her skin completely with these natural herbs. Mm -hmm. um, and I've done a lot of research on Eastern medicine and, and TCM and healing naturally from the inside out and what we put in our bodies. And I, I've done a Absolutely. lot of that research over the past four years. And, and I, I know that for a fact, what we put in our bodies is what's coming out of it. And that's yeah. why we're so effed up. That's why we're so jacked up is because we've been putting poison on and in our bodies for so long. It eventually has to come out. And the way that our liver detoxifies this shit and the way that our kidneys react to these drugs isn't, they're not made to process the drugs that they put on the, that they're putting on us. These drugs are not meant to come out of our systems the way that they're coming out of our systems. They're not meant to be put on the way that they're put on. It's it's yep. it's criminal what these doctors are doing. Yeah. Uh, and actually, in terms of Eastern medicine, yeah, I've actually been seeing a, an acupuncturist since uh, March. So basically, right right when this started, you know, my, my mom uh, 
has a family friend who had severe eczema and apparently he went to this, um, you know, traditional Chinese acupuncturist here in Manhattan and who apparently cured this eczema. So, you know, I, I figured, okay, great. Let me try. And so this guy, he barely speaks any English. Um, you know, I've communicated that I, you know, was on the steroids. I don't think he fully understands the withdrawal aspect of it. Right. And I don't know if it's just been a coincidence with the timing, but again, I've been going to him for about three months at this point, and it's just helped dramatically. Um, it's hard to tell if it's, if it's that or if it's just with the time or with, it's with the supplements I've been doing or just everything together, you know, but it's definitely not hurting it. So I would definitely recommend trying that also if you haven't. Yeah. Um, because it's interesting after every, so I go on, I go twice a week and every single time when I come back to my apartment afterwards in the evening, I'll get like a mini flare, but it's almost like it's provoking an immune response and it's like coaxing the steroids out of the system. Right. That's almost what it feels like. So I would definitely recommend looking into that if, if that's something that you can tolerate. I know the skin is so sensitive. It's hard to think about that, but it is, you know, and I mean, that's, that's the hard thing is, you know, I mean, it's, it's for me, it's hard to even take a shower uh, most days I get it. because yeah. it's like showering with the sunburn, you know, I mean, and I've, I've tried explaining it so many times to so many different people and I've said it on my podcast before. It's the pain associated with, with topical steroid withdrawal is so intense and so, <sighs> Yeah, it's so hard to describe to anybody that doesn't deal with skin problems, the pain associated with it. Like my girlfriend will be rubbing my back and I'm like, honey, that's too hard. That's too hard. She's like, but I'm just rubbing your back. And I'm like, I know, but it's like the friction of your hand going across my skin feels like somebody's cutting me with razor. You know what I mean? And it's, it's hard to communicate that to somebody that doesn't deal with skin issues because it's just, it's a different beast. This is a whole different kind of illness that I've never seen before. And it's just something that I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know how more people don't end up killing themselves from this. I mean, there was a point where (sighs) there was a point where I was planning on how I was going to kill myself. I mean, I really, really did not think I was going to survive this. Um, you know, it got so bad. I remember laying awake in bed one night and just thinking to myself, I can just throw myself off of the fire escape. I can just end this. Like I, I was really close to just doing it. Not because, you know, you think of depression and you think of somebody as unhappy or whatever. It's just the physical, the actual physical pain that I was in was so unbearable. It was yeah. just every second was yeah. agony and yeah. and there's only so many times you can take an ice cold shower and have yeah. it feel like acid is being thrown on you until something snaps in your brain yep. and there was a point where I just felt like I snapped and I just it just broke me down and you know usually I, I'm a pretty strong person I don't show my emotions outwardly like I'm pretty stoic you know um, I take things in stride. I have probably cried 
and I don't normally cry. I have probably cried every single day for the past five months, just multiple times. It's just been, it's, it's just indescribable. Uh, this is just like something I would never think is, is real, you know, on this earth or as part of this life. I just, it's just so, it's just so awful. I would not wish this on anybody. I'm trying to, to tell anybody who would listen to me just how awful and how preventable this all is, you know? Yeah. If yeah. I had not gone to that doctor, if I had just waited, this would all have just gone away. I would never have been in this situation. But yeah. I go to these people who, you know, we're told you should trust, right? You should trust doctors because they go to medical school and they know what they're talking about. And I've just completely lost respect and faith in doctors, yeah. which, which I know is so horrible to say. And even saying that out loud, you know, I feel bad saying it, but this is really, I think the first time in my life where I've gone through something and, and while I'm going through it, I can tell, okay, I'm going through trauma. My yeah. brain at this point has been traumatized and I'm a, I'm a different person than I was before this. Like, I'm a, yeah. I feel like I'm a completely different person and I have a completely different perspective and outlook on life yeah. than before TSW. And I just, want, <laughs> I just want to warn people and just prevent them, you know, from going through this because it's just, you know, I know a lot of people go through this with their families and, you know, they have a lot of support and I've just sort of been going through this on my own and it's just tough you know because people ask you how you're doing and you know you can say well I'm in a flare and I feel like shit and you know I I'm I'm panicking every single day because what if I'm just trapped in this forever and what if this yeah. is just my life now and on and on and on but I've learned really, really soon in the process, really quickly, that nobody really cares. Nobody really cares about <laughs> your pain. You know, they don't want to hear about it. So I've just been going through it by myself and gritting my teeth and just getting through each day, you know, and that's a horrible way to live yeah. when you're just waiting for the day to be over. When you wake yeah. up and you say, I've survived another day. Yeah. I haven't killed myself yet. And I'm yep. thankfully past that point. You know, I've gotten so much better and I'm hopefully past that first initial hump where I was just in such a state of agony, but still the mental shock. I mean, I, I, I was, I'm still, I'm coming out of it, I think, but I, I was so mentally shell-shocked, you know, because I wasn't sleeping and then I was just sort of this shell of a person you know uh -huh. and I'm still sort of coming out of that I'm still in it but it's just yeah it's it's indescribable indescribable rather yeah and uh I really just want to get as much awareness to this as possible because it's completely preventable and and I'm just lucky to have the resources that I have, you know, if it wasn't for this documentary, you know, that preventable documentary, yep. if it wasn't for the Facebook group, if it wasn't for me stumbling onto this accidentally through Reddit, I, 
would not be alive right now. I'm just yeah. going to be completely honest. I would not be alive. I would have killed myself. I was yep. really close. I was very close to doing it. You know, I, there was a point where I was saying, okay, I'm going to give this until August. And if it's not better in August, I'm going to kill myself because it was just so bad. It was just, it was not worth living through. Yep. And it breaks my heart that so many people are going through this and, and it's not acknowledged as real and we're all seen as, you know, crazy or fear mongering or, or, or anti-steroid. I am anti-steroid. I am. I'm just going to say that. I am because unless it's a life-threatening situation, these things are given out way too readily. Oh, absolutely. And without any sort of caution or, you know, any, any kind of information as to the systemic effects of it. Because if yep. I had known, you know, when they were pushing Dupixin on me, they told me all of the side effects. They told me that, you know, you'd be more susceptible, susceptible to infection. You know, you can get conjunctivitis. You can get herpes infection. You know, all these things. And so that turned me off to it. So if I was given the actual full picture of what topical steroids do to your body, no way in hell would I ever subject myself to that. I would have dealt with I would have dealt with the small rash rather than what we've what we've had to be subjected to because we're told that this is the only thing that's it yeah. it's just top but it's not and I and I have to I'm really thankful for my mom who she's very open minded you know she's very into like alternative things and you know more natural things and which I know a lot of people write off as quackery but when your eyes are opened to convent, you know, what conventional medicine is and how it works and, and how it functions all, you know, this quote unquote alternative medicine isn't so alternative. It just makes right. way more sense because yeah. it's actually about, Hey, let's look at your body and figure out what's going on with it and actually get to the root of the problem rather than let's slap a terrible bandaid on it. You know, yeah. it's like painting a rusty house. Like what's the point? Yep. You're not fixing the actual house. You're just covering it up with a, with a fresh coat of paint. Yep, so. absolutely. Well, and, you know, that, I, I, talk, I talk about being our, our own advocates. We, we really have to advocate for ourselves. And early on especially, and I'm, that's another reason I, I wanted to do this podcast so badly is because I need people to hear it. I need – it's so it's so easy to get lost in the threads in in our support groups and online because so many people comment and you know you try to gather as much information as possible but you know you'll read something one day and you'll go back and look for it the other next day and you got to go through 1500 comments and right it it's just i want people to be able to hear the, the things that need to be heard and and advocating for yourself early on in this in in any any situation when you're dealing with a skin condition and dealing with doctors pushing steroids or things like that, you've got to do the research. You've got to yes. you've got to really you have to take time and think about it before just going, okay, sure, you're the doctor. Yep. Um it, yes. it's so important today and there's so many resources available to you. Google is such a wonderful thing. I mean, it's everybody's got it. Pull your phone out and Google shit. 
just Google what they're giving you and, and do your own research. You don't have to read the little pamphlets. You don't have to read through the fine print anymore. It's all online. It's all out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's available. Do the research and be your own advocate because Absolutely. honestly, half of these asshole doctors wearing lab coats, that's all they're doing. They're going to, they're going to Google and Googling your symptoms. That's all, that's all they're doing. They're not going through fucking books and, I mean, these, these gen ed doctors that come in and they're, they're running your crew and I've been hospitalized 35 times in three and a half years. So I'm a little salty with hospitals and doctors. Yeah, Um, I would be too. (laughs) And each one of those hospital stays was six days or longer. My longest being 24 days. I had sepsis three times. Um, so, you know, having a hip replacement, finger amputation, kidney failure, all that shit. The PTSD that I that I suffer now, and the anxiety that I suffer now, and the agoraphobia, not wanting to go outside, not wanting to be around people. I, I I was a social butterfly before this happened to me. I ran restaurants. I grew up in restaurants. I didn't know a stranger, and now I don't even want to shake people's hands. I don't want to look people in the eye. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to. I don't want to go to my best friends' houses and hang out on the back deck and enjoy time with them anymore. It's just. It's taken everything from me. It's my, my kids are my only joy in life. And there's days where they don't even bring me joy anymore because it's so hard to bring myself out of the darkness that I've, yeah. that I've been put in. And I didn't ask for this shit. I, I, I didn't ask to be put where I'm at. I didn't ask for this. You didn't ask for this. None of us asked for this. We were asking for help. And instead we got screwed by a system that is so fucking destroyed by money and greed yeah that it's just it's disgusting it's it's shameful and they should be ashamed of themselves and these doctors that are now coming out like olivia i can't say enough about olivia she is a wonderful human being um the fact that she went on the path the natural path that she did to try to help people naturally and really figure out the root cause of this stuff and be a champion for us. Um, and she's locally, I mean, she's in the, in the United States, which is extremely hard to find any doctor in the United States that supports TSW. Um, Rappaport was the only one that I knew of, and he's in San Diego, or I, I think he's in San Diego. But um, finding Olivia, I think, has been my saving grace at this point, because like I said, Three months ago, I was ready to end it, and I've got two kids. I shouldn't be saying shit like that, right? I would never, and I would never do it. I, I I could never bring myself to do it because of because of my kids. But I got to a point to where that yeah. wasn't even enough anymore. Yeah, I was I was I was so tired of waking up and wondering, and not even waking up. Most days I don't sleep. I mean, I'll go three, four, five, six days without sleep and get maybe two or three hours in that time frame. And you just feel like you're losing your you losing your mind, and on top of that, yeah. you're in pain. And so everything mixed together got to this boiling point that I just I my finally blew my top, and I just lost it. And I just they wanted all my doctors were extremely concerned. They wanted to check me in, but the hospital I was in, the hospital that I go to, their ward was full, and they couldn't get me into this other place, and long story short, my best friend of 25 years showed up on my doorstep and she was in more shape than I was for some reason. And 
she brought me out of my shit, man, and gave me a purpose and gave me a reason to care about somebody more than I had to care about myself at that point. Yeah. And I've, and since then I've started to try the Chinese medicine, the herbs. And I think with my psyche being in a better place and the herbs, I, I think I've turned a corner in this, in this for the first time in five years, man. Um, and I, I finally feel hopeful and that's a hard thing to do when you're going through this shit. Finding hope is, it's not easy, man. And even, even with the support group and seeing healing happens, you know, I've, I've been on that, I've been on that group, but then I see people that have been going through this for nine, 10 years. And I'm like, there's no fucking way. Yeah. I, there's no way I can do five more years of this. I need this. That's, that's, that's yeah. insane that, you know, but I have I, so I much think... respect for those people. I just, I can't even imagine. And yeah, it's the, I think they're just like some of the strongest people on earth who go through this for, you know, even as long as you've been going through it and, and some other people for years and years, I don't know how I would be able to do that. You know, I, I'm only in five, I'm only in the fifth month and it's already been an ordeal. Um, well, and that's, that's, but that, and that's why that's another reason I've, I've stressed so much during these podcasts that you have to find somebody you have to find a tangible person, somebody that, that is there that you can physically reach out to because this is such a lonely disease, man, that you could get inside your head so fast and talking to people on the phone just isn't enough. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for my mom, she, she is definitely the reason I'm, I'm alive. Um, yeah, same. My yeah. mom saved my life by 100%. She, she's my biggest champion and, and she has literally damn near gone bankrupt helping me stay afloat during this and take care of me and my kids and help me be a good dad and, and support me when I can't be. And, you know, um, so, but having, having her in the house, just knowing that there was somebody there, there was even nights where that wasn't good enough. Just knowing that she was here wasn't good enough because I was, I would lay in my bed and I would just scream in pain yep. for hours. I would just lay here and cry in pain and, she wouldn't come down because she didn't know if I wanted her to. And so she would lay in bed and she would cry yeah. because I was down here crying, you know? So it's it, the caretakers take the shit too. The caretakers, I think get the shittier end of the stick, to be honest with you, Absolutely. because they have to watch us go through this shit and they have to suffer through it with us. Yeah. Not knowing how to help. My mom came and stayed with me for about three days at a certain point when it was extremely bad in, I think February. And it just broke my heart, you know, watching her watch me. Yeah. Um, because I just, you know, I, I was not in my right mind because I was in so much pain. And I just kept saying, I want to die. You know, yeah. I want to die. I don't want to live this life anymore. It's, it's too painful. It's physically yeah. too painful. Every second, you know, I was counting the seconds as they were going because it was just, I felt like I was burning alive. Yeah. And yeah. And, you know, I would call her in the middle of the night, <laughs> just, just having her tell me, you know, she was always saying, tell me what I can do. Is there anything I can do? 
And I said, just tell me that this will end one day. Just tell me yeah. that this is temporary yeah. because I'm starting to lose faith that it's temporary. And, you know, she would just say it's temporary. It's going to be okay. And that out of everything, out of all the doctors is the best thing that helped me. Just having her talk to me and tell me that this is going to be okay and that it's temporary because it is, it's a temporary thing. You know, it's not a lifelong condition. It's a drug withdrawal. So you yep. have to let your body withdraw. And going off of that, you know, I feel like I owe it to those people on Reddit who saved my life. I, they really saved me from a terrible, terrible fate. Something even worse than this, you know? Yeah, I'm going through this and it's been awful and it's been the worst, darkest, lowest point of my life. But it could have been a lot worse and it almost yep. was. Yep. So I feel like I owe it to people to prevent them from going through what I went through. So, you know, a lot of the time I'll be on Reddit and I'll see people, you know, saying exactly what I was saying and trying to tell them about this. And people are so indebted to their steroids and, and their doctors and their biologics and their protopics and their dupixins. And, you know, there's no shortage of, of, of treats for them to give us, right? They're never oh, going to yeah. run out of pharmaceutical options. There's always going to be something else. And when you try to tell them, hey, it's actually these things that they're giving you that are the problem. No, not, it's not, they say it's not possible. So it's a, it's a difficult conversation to have because, because the people who we're supposed to trust also have an agenda. You know, you have to realize that everybody has an agenda. Everybody yeah. has, everybody has their own, you know, bias. And I'm not saying that doctors are bad people necessarily, but I understand that they have a protocol and I understand that they have a training. But what I'm trying to, to point out is the protocol itself is flawed. It's broken. It's, it's broken. broken because it's not about fixing you. It's about managing Treating. you and having you come back and be dependent on this system yep. that is profiting off of keeping you sick. Yep. Like, 100%. let's just be real. You know, this is what it is. And again... You know, you're, when, when you say this to people, it's seen as a conspiracy theory. But unless you've actually been through it, yeah, you don't know. And yeah. I've been through it, and you've been through it, and all of us have been through it. It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. So, well, Jake, it's when, when you have – okay, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to lessen anybody else's pain. I'm just trying to of course. provide perspective. I've got seven – different specialties that I see at KU Medical Center here in Kansas City. I see infectious disease. I see psychology, psychiatry, dermatology, allergy, immunology, rheumatology. I have seven different specialists that I see on a regular basis. And every single one of those doctors at this point have told me that we have gone through Every single biological possible, every single allergy pill possible, pretty much 95% of the antidepressants and anti 
the mood stabilizers and all that shit. I've tried them all. They have all literally told me, Jake, that we're at the end of our rope. We don't know what else to do for you. And they'll never, and they'll never acknowledge and say, Hey, maybe these medications are the actual issue. Right. They'll never, they will never say that. No, they won't. They just, maybe they didn't work for you, but they work for everybody else. Right. Yep. I have and doctors now, who told me that this this is impossible that it's withdrawal that it's impossible right, right. and I can't wait I can't wait to one day go back and say look I told you so yeah. I'm going to I one yeah. day I will do that and it's going to be a very sweet moment and I think well, about it often <laughs> and you know it took me Dr. Rajpara is my dermatologist and I'll say his name because he supports TSW now um, he's at a KU medical center here in Kansas city, but I finally got him aware and it took me a long time. He was actually a regular of mine at a restaurant that I worked at. Um, I was, I was a manager of a restaurant he was a regular of mine. And then I went to go see dermatology at KU and here pops out this dude. And I'm like, Rush Para. And he's like, yeah, I'm your doctor. And I'm like, Holy shit. Um, but he treated me with steroids for the first couple of years. And that's where it all really got bad for me and my adults my, my adult age was between my general practitioner feeding me prednisone. Like it was out of a Pez dispenser and Dr. Rushpara, unfortunately giving me steroids, um, shit went downhill real quick. But when I moved to Florida and I came back from Florida and I'd gone through the staphylococcus called it skin syndrome and I'd found TSW and I'd done all the research I went back to Dr. Rajpara with a ton of paperwork and I said, I need you to read this shit. Yeah. I need you to look at this and I need you to try to have an open mind and take this seriously. I need you to look at my pictures. I need you to look at my labs from Florida. I need you to look at my allergists documentation from Florida. I need you to look at all this stuff and I need you to really sink, like let this sink in. Please. I'm begging you do the research take a look at it. And the next time I went back, I went back six months later to see him and he, and he walked in and he's like, Josh, I'm so sorry. He's like, I will never again push a steroid on you. I will never. Wow. Again. He said, I won't do it. And he said, I, I, I sincerely apologize. That is a, that is a rarity. It, that is, it, it that's was lucky huge, that you, man. Yeah. That's it was huge. huge for me. That was such a win for me because I've had to fire so many doctors and that's yeah. the other thing that I, I like. I like to try to really push and let people know, man, just because you go to a doctor and that doctor says this is the way it needs to be, doesn't nope. mean you have to stay with that doctor. You can get a yeah. second opinion. You can and you should and you should get a second opinion always. always. Get a third opinion. Get a fourth yeah. opinion. Yeah. You should never and, just settle for one person's opinion. And if you're in the hospital with an infection and, and they try to push steroids or if you're in a hospital, if you have to go to the hospital with TSW because the rash gets so bad that you can't bear it, just because you're in the hospital doesn't mean you can't fire your doctor there either. Just because they were assigned to your room doesn't mean you can't tell them to go fly a fucking kite because I've fired many general medicine doctors in the hospital. Absolutely. You do not have to, just because they say this is the way it has to be, doesn't mean that's the way it has to be. You can check yourself out of that hospital. You can go to a different hospital. You can go to a different doctor. You can see somebody else. These people don't own you. They work for you. 
I think and that's it's the great. thing I think that people forget. Yeah. I think people forget that they just because they're the ones in control of the medicine and they're the, they're the ones that went to school, they still work for us. Absolutely. We're and you know your body. You know yes, your body better exactly. than the doctor knows your body. That's and this exactly is a, right. This was a very hard way of learning this lesson for me. That I, because I knew something was wrong with these steroids, and yet, you know, they said, no, no, it's the only way. It's the only way. Well, that's what led me down this path. Um, but I think it's great that you found a doctor that, you know, you presented all this to, and, and he said, you know, he, that he accepted the information. I still, you know, I tried so many doctors. I went to, like, four dermatologists. I went to an allergist. I went to a rheumatologist. And then I went to a final dermatologist here at NYU who apparently was supposed to be very good. And at this point, this was March, early March. This was, she was the last doctor I went to. And I sort of knew that it was topical steroid withdrawal at this point. And I was trying to present my case. You know, she, I had, I've had three biopsies done and they've all come back as spongiotic dermatitis. Yeah. So when I saw on the ITSAN website in that checklist i'm looking at it right now one of the questions is did you have a skin biopsy returned as non-specific spongiotic dermatitis and yes. when i saw that josh it hit me like a ton of bricks yeah i was like this is it i found yeah. it and when i brought this up to her she's like where did you see this where did you find this you know i showed her the website and she's like you know when they look at you as kind of like okay you're crazy yeah she's like, oh, you, yeah. you know Oh, she's like, okay, of course you Google topical steroid withdrawal and you look at all these pictures and it looks so bad and, you know, you're going to scare yourself into thinking that that's what it is. And I'm like, well, no, this is what this is because the timeline adds up. Everything adds up. You know, I was, I checked yes to all of those questions on that checklist. Everything was exactly down to a T right. in my situation. And so the last thing she said to me was, okay, fine, let's pretend it is topical steroid withdrawal here's a prescription for Protopic. Let's try it. And thankfully, yeah. thankfully oh, at that point, I already knew that Protopic was Protopic bad is, yeah. because I was already in this, the Facebook group with all of you guys. And I saw all of you saying how bad Protopic is. So when she gave that to me, I ripped it up and I walked out never to come back saying, that's it. Yeah. I'm done with all these doctors. I'm yeah. going through this withdrawal and I'm just going to be done with it. And I'm so thankful that I had this information because I would have used the protopic and that would have yeah. just made it even worse. It would have prolonged it. So when I and see on Reddit people saying, oh, yeah, just use protopic on your face whenever you need it. Use, um, you know, Elidel whenever yeah. you need it. Use yeah. um, Eucrisa whenever you need it. You know, use Dupixin, all these things. And it's like, no, the whole thing is this is a drug withdrawal. If you're yeah. using a drug to help the symptoms of a withdrawal from another drug that is extremely counterintuitive because it's just it's, a never ending hamster wheel that you're putting yourself on. And it's not, it is, it's, it's not your fault as a patient. It's that this is how the system works. It's yeah. they get us hooked on this and it's just un, until the day you die, you're just taking one drug after another drug, after another drug, after another drug until, you know, there has to be a point where you say, that's it. Enough yeah. is enough. I'm done. Yeah, And that's where I thankfully got to before it got really bad. See, and, and that's the hardest, that's been the hardest thing for me is going through and, and still having faith in the medical community that they could fix this and that they could turn this around. 
and doing all the biologicals because again, I just recently stopped doing Zoller. I just recently stopped doing Zoller three months ago. And the entire time I've been going through TSW, they've been trying different biologicals as in Dupixent, Zoller, all of those things. So I don't know how much I've set myself back by doing those things. Look, everybody has their own way of, everybody has their own way of going through this. I'm not saying, you know, whether one thing is right or wrong. I'm not, you know, casting judgment on anybody. I think this is a terrible, terrible thing that we're going through. I would not wish it on anybody. And if you need a certain something that's going to help you through it, do it. For me, I can only speak of, you know, my perspective and, and what, what I feel is right for me personally, I don't want to take a drug to help the withdrawal from another drug. It yeah. just, that just seems counterintuitive for me, but if somebody needs it to live, you know, it's a different story. Um, well, and I, it, if I would have been in that state that I was in the beginning, if that would have lasted for months and years, yeah, I probably would, would have gone on Dupixent because, right. because I was, I was going to commit suicide. I was planning on doing it. So I, I don't know how people can do that for years and years. Uh, I mean, it's just, I respect it. I would not be able to do it. I would not be able to well, survive it. Well, you, you would though. And, and that's the thing about this thing. And, and unfortunately, I, 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 I say, unfortunately, fortunately, we haven't lost more people to, to suicide because at some point in this journey, you find a strength in yourself yeah. That you just never knew you had. Yeah. And like, and like I said, man, three months ago, I was a dark place. Shit was real bad for me. I thought about it. I mean, it got close, but at the end of the day, I just, I don't know. Something always, something always comes over me and I always get that rush of fuck this. I'm not going to let this beat me. Yeah. But I put my, I, sometimes it's just all about putting your boots on the ground and yeah. taking that first step for the day. Yeah. And if you can do that, even if it's just to get out of bed and brush your teeth and then get back in bed and feel sorry for yourself all day, if you can do that one thing every day and build on that, I think 30 to 40% of this is mental. If not, absolutely. If, if not, fifty percent of this is mental. Huge, I think, huge percent. I think we hold ourselves in this prison by being stressed out all the time. Yeah, it's not good for your. I mean, you know, our skin is our biggest organ, and when you're stressed, your organs go crazy, and it shows. It and that's for everybody. That's for normal, just normal people with normal skin that walk around stressed out. You can tell their bags under their eyes, or they're bloated, or their face looks this way. Stress or that kills. Way. Stress kills, and it's, we live in a society that that you know makes us stress. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, Everything and about it makes you stressed. This this experience has completely changed. You know what I value in life, what I want in life. Yep. It's really simplified things for me. You know, it really. Oh, yeah really shows you what's important and what's not. And most things are not important. And yeah, what right. is important is your health. If you have your health, you've won the lottery. You really have. Because if you have nothing, if you just have your health, that's it. You can do anything. 
You know, you yep. can be the richest man in the world, but if you're sick, it, it means nothing. So this is just, you know, my perspective on life has just done a complete 180. Um, I'm thankful for every single day just walking down the street, you know, when I'm not in pain and I'm just comfortable. I just have tears of joy coming out of my eyes. Uh, it's just the best. And when yeah. I can sleep, you know, sleeping, you know, waking up and realizing I slept through the night is like a magical thing and showering and it's just, it's the you little know, all shit. these basic things. It's the little yeah. shit that you, that you, you know, most people take for granted that I just, I can't take it for granted because yeah. this took everything from me, you know, yeah. this take, this, this took so much from me. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It's, but you know, and I, I promise you, Jake, you're going to come out of the other end of this. And that's, I think that's the beauty about it's, it's that trauma can, trauma can do so many bad things and it, but it can also teach us so many wonderful things about ourselves. And Absolutely. I've learned so much through this process about who I used to be. Yeah. And who I don't want to be anymore because I don't want to be the person that I used to be. I don't want to be because before I used to drink, I used to go out, I used to have a good time. I used to party a lot. I used to, I mean, like I said, I was a social butterfly. I grew up in the restaurant business. I ran restaurants. Right, right. I went out late at night. I drank. I always took care of my kids, but I still, life was all about work and making money and, I've been blessed in the past four years since I really got sick, sick and had to go on disability. I've been blessed to be able to spend every single day with my children. And before I was missing out on Easter's and bedtimes and I didn't get to, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't appreciate my life at all. I went to work. I worked my ass off. I, I had a lot of fun with my kids when I was home. Right but I missed out on so much, man. And life has slowed down so much for me that I've been able to start really appreciating the small things. And it's the small things are my kids. <laughs> They're the ones that need the yeah. love the most right now. And I need to be able to be present for that. And I can't do that if I'm who I was before this, or if I'm all junked up on all the dope that they try to give me and the painkillers and the, Valium and so I'm trying to get off all that shit and just center my mind on this natural process of healing and focusing on centering my mood and really just kind of getting happy again and getting out of depression and realizing that all we can do is live one day at a time and today it might be bad but I'm still alive I still have two beautiful kids I still have a reason to live um you know, it's, it's just 24 hours at a time. That's, that's all we can do. And that's everybody. Everybody can only live one day at a time. That's all we have is today. Yeah. And you, God bless you, man. Cause it sounds like it's been a rough six months. It it's sounds been, like, it's been, yeah, it's been a, it's, it's like, been a, yeah, it has. <laughs> it's in, you know, I remember that the shock of it when it first hit, it's, it's, it's a, it's a hard thing to process when you, when you, when you hit that first like real flare 
and you're like, holy shit, what is going on? And then you, that pain, the pain that you go through is, it's like you said, you can't even, you can't even begin to describe that to somebody. It's. And it's very quickly going from a point of, okay, something's wrong to then discovering what this actually is. And then being told this is going to be your life for the next foreseeable future. And when you're, when you're in that state of pain and, 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 um, basically you're incapacitated, you know, to be told that is really, really hard. Yeah. Um, well, it's, 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 yeah. it's a blessing and a curse too, because you, you're like, holy shit, I finally know what's going on with me. But then the other end of it's like, this could possibly go on for a very long time. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's that double-edged sword where you're like, you have the aha moment of, yes, I know what it is. I can beat it, but how long is it going to take? You know, and there's no real answer to that question. Nobody, I don't, nobody has the answer to that question and nobody's going to have the answer to that question for a very long time until they stop prescribing these drugs. We're never going to know. We're never going to know. I was just speaking with somebody on Reddit actually earlier today who, who basically was saying, you know, I was prescribed trancinolone. I was using it on my face every day for like months and now I'm going through this withdrawal. And, you know, I was trying to give her some resources, right? It's an and, you know, preventable documentary and all this stuff. And she's like, oh, I, ter- I talked to my dermatologist. She said it should be about three months maximum. Um, and I'm like, well, I, I don't know what dermat I don't know <laughs> what she's saying, but it's- that's not to burst your bubble, but this is not going to be three months. It's going to be most likely longer, but it's temporary and it will end. She's like, no, no, she's going to give me... Um, anti-inflammatory pills and an anti-inflammatory cream. Uh, and I'm like, Jesus. well, the only anti-inflammatory pills she could give you are, are oral steroids. Oral steroids, so, yeah. Which is just going to be prolonging this and <laughs> just resetting you. And she's like, no, no, she's giving me Eladel. And I'm like, uh, okay, listen, all I can do is give you the information. Yeah. And yeah. it's all, your life, you know? It breaks yeah. my heart, again, watching people go down this path that I was going down. And I want to, I want to save them from this because it's you know, I'm an, I'm a very empathetic person. And I, and when people are in pain, I feel pain and, and I want to prevent them from going through this awful, awful, awful thing, but I can only do so much, you know, I, yeah. you know, it's ultimately their life. And if they don't want to, you know, listen to the information, I have to sort of just accept that I've done all that I can do. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's like you said, man, everybody's got their own way of dealing with this process and everybody's going to Everybody's going to do what they got to do to, to, to survive it. And um, unfortunately, you know, like a lot of people have healed with doing no moisture therapy. I couldn't do it. I'm not strong enough. I, I mad props to anybody out there that did NMT and survived it and healed their body. Wow. You guys are the real warriors because I did a week of no moisture therapy and I was, uh, not a good place. (laughs) I was so ready to take a shower and put some aquaphor on my body that, I mean, just that over dryness and the cracking and the, Oh God, I, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I tried in the beginning, you know, putting Vaseline, you know, putting aloe vera, something and my skin was so hypersensitive I, yeah. I just I couldn't put anything so I was forced to not put anything and I think that helped me the most because yeah with skin conditions you know 
the whole thing is, you, you know, you see something wrong with your skin and the first reaction is, okay, I'm going to find a cream. I'm going to find an ointment. Yep. I'm going to put something yep. on it. But with this, you know, the skin is an organ and it's reflective of what's going on internally. So if yes. something is wrong internally, it's manifesting on the skin. Yep. So rather than just putting on creams, you should fix it internally because that's the whole, you know, that's the whole problem is, is TSW is not a skin thing. It's, it's the fact that our, you know, adrenal glands are suppressed and they're not producing their own cortisol. And it's, you know, all of this, all of these systems in our body are suppressed and it's manifesting on the skin through all of this. So yep. my view is, you know, why would you be slathering on you're just stressing out your body more rather than just letting it you have to just let it fix itself you know because the the body wants to heal itself but you have to give it the chance to do that yeah you do it's it's a it's a hard nut to crack man it really is um you know like i said yeah with nina the other day my feet have been in a state of disarray for four years they haven't healed once in four years yeah, they're constantly split open. They're constantly wrecked. There's there's constant it's there's constant something going on down there, um, and I don't know why because I keep them covered. I I don't go outside a lot. I don't play in the grass. I don't. I mean, I I stay in my little bubble, and it's just it's the weirdest thing in the world, man. Because I don't I try not to get up a lot when I don't have my kids. I'm not on my feet a lot. I'm not running around, and they just. I don't know if it's because I'm scratching at night and I just tear them up at night and then that's just part of the process. But, um, if I do fall asleep, I can't control what happens when I sleep. Right. I, I try to keep my fingernails as short as possible so I don't scratch myself to death. But I mean, I don't sleep most nights because of the itching. It's, it's pretty insatiable. Um, but when I do sleep, what I do in my sleep, I can't help. So it's like, of course it's a never ending cycle for me, man. It's, it's been, like I said, 2000, it started in 2015. So that's six years ago, but it really got bad in 2016, 2017. So we're going on five years and it's been hell and I've had my ups and downs, but at the end of the day, man, I just want to help as many people as possible. I want as many as people as possible to listen to these podcasts and know that they're not alone and, and pass the information on. And when you're talking to people in passing and, you know, I, like my barber, I said, I said uh, the other day I was talking to my, my barber and this guy that cut my hair six months ago, I talked to him about prednisone and my condition and blah, blah, blah. And his brother and sister were putting it on his nephew. And I was like, please God convince them to stop doing that because that baby is entirely too young. And he yeah. talked to his brother and sister, and sure as shit, they stopped the prednisone. Sure as shit, the baby went through TSW, and sure as shit, the baby's wow. healed. And he's like, you know, I have you to thank for that. If you never would have came in and gave me that information, they would have kept doing it. And I'm like, I, I just, it made me so happy to hear that somebody took my information and went somewhere with it, and they did something with it, and it helped. And yeah. that's, it's like, if I can reach one person and help one person, that's that's really all I'm trying to do. I just... I'm like you. I'm I'm empathetic to to everybody going through this process, going through any process. You know, I've got several friends going through cancer right now, and it breaks my heart for them. I shaved each side of my head for each one of them, and it just it's it 
any any can anybody going through any condition it sucks it's life is horrible and there's, there's a lot of pain but yeah you got to remember there's a lot of beauty out there too and and we're all going to get through this and we can get through it together and i just i hope that this helps i hope it helps getting your story out there help it helps talking about it because that's the other biggest thing is you can't bottle this shit up you have to talk about it you, you have to be able to to express yourself and I've, I finally found somebody that I'm so comfortable with that I can talk about it. I can talk about how I'm feeling and actually process my trauma in real time with this person and feel comfortable doing it. And that's huge. Um, so you have to, you have to be able to talk about it. You have to be able to, to release that stress and not bottle it up and not get into that. Absolutely. Dark yeah. You have to find a support system again. Like I, I owe so much to my mom. I mean, again, I would not be here if it was not for her. You know, she was always saying I have to be proactive and and look for things and try things. And, you know, I know that time is the healer. And ultimately, this is a drug withdrawal. So you have to give it time and you have to just kind of let it run its course. But I do think there are things that you can do to kind of help. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think, again, this is such a major stress on the body that I know there's no like magic diet or anything like that that's going to cure this, but I do believe that always, but especially if you're going through TSW, you, you have to put good things into your body. You have to help it heal. If you're overloading it with sugar and you know crap, you're not doing it any favors in terms of actually giving it the chance to heal. So you have to eat a really good diet. You have to eat a lot of protein um, because that's rebuilding tissue. And, you know, something that I've been trying the past couple of months, which I don't know if it's, again, just coincidence or not, but again, over the past couple of months, I've cleared up dramatically. I've improved dramatically. And something that I've been doing is eating in a calorie deficit, which means just eating less than your body burns. So, why and why I've been doing that is because being in a calorie deficit forces your body to produce cortisol. And the main issue with TSW is our body doesn't produce its own cortisol. So I wanted to try and see if eating in a calorie deficit would kind of coax the body into, you know, kind of relearning and re-sparking its own systems. Sure. And I don't know, maybe this is something worth trying. I don't know for you or for anybody's listening to this, try it see if it works for you. Like, yeah, you're going to be kind of hungry, but if you eat a lot of protein, but just less calories in general, maybe it will help because yeah, I don't know. It's always worth trying something, right? You have to just keep trying and trying and trying. Something's going to help. I 100% I've said in every podcast I've tried. If, if somebody tells me they think it'll help, I will try it. I don't care what it is. I don't care how crazy it sounds. I've done some weird shit in the past five years, man. I'm not going to lie. You got to, you got to do what you got to do to survive. Yeah. (laughs) And you got to be able to laugh about it too, man. You got to find, you got to find the humor in this and and you got to eventually let go of that hatred and that anger that you hold, uh, you know, towards the medical community and the doctors that screwed us and all that, you know, like I held on to so much anger and so much hostility for so long that it started destroying me internally. I just, I was killing myself from the inside with all of it. And I just, eventually I just had to let go, man, and realize, you know, that 
yes, they fucked me. Yes, they put me in a state where I'm screwed and I've got avascular necrosis and I'm going to have to have another hip replacement and knee replacement. And shit's probably going to get worse before it gets better. But at the end of the day, I now know what's going on with my body. I now know how to advocate for myself. And I don't have to go back to that place where I, I, I put my, my health in their hands. I, I now am, am my own champion. I, I put my health in myself. And that's all I can do, man. Um, yeah. Well, so. I took I took the power away from them, and mm-hmm. and we all have to be able to eventually stand up and do that. Take the power out of their hands and realize that you you are the keeper of your own world, and you gotta you gotta stand up for yourself and 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 just make things right. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Well, Jake, I hope this helps, man. I really do. I I, I hear it in your voice, and I hope that. Uh, I hope things get a lot better for you a lot a lot sooner than later than and if uh if you ever need a chat I'm always around man. Yeah, so I appreciate good. you coming so. on and sharing your story. I think you shared a lot of really good insight and I think that you have a lot of good insight and I think you're on on the right track. Um so keep doing what you're doing and keep me updated and let me know how you're doing. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, Jake, you have a wonderful day, man. You too. Bye. Bye.